It's time for another episode of Splunk Talk, our weekly get-together, where we chat about questions sent in by listeners such as you and collected from various forums on the web. Visit Splunk.tv to subscribe or listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. If you want to be part of the show, send a question or other things to SplunkDoc at Splunk.com. On today's show, we're going to cover information and questions around event tampering and security in your Splunk server. File system change monitoring, which is a cool free feature in the product. And advanced search strings are being long. How do we make them shorter? Lots of questions, lots of good talk. It is time to get started. I gotta have more cowbell. Split time fighting answers without a doubt. Split time will help you figure it out. Split time I can tell the whole world about split time. Welcome to another awesome, amazing, and creative episode of Splunk Talk. Jeff Blake out of Chicago, how are you today? Good morning, Michael. I'm and good. That's awesome. And in Dallas, aren't you um, Aren't you at a cowboy bar right now, Maverick? I am, yeehaw. <laughs> and since it's 11 a.m. or almost noon CST, uh, isn't it a little bit early to be uh, drinking? Maybe, but um, not in Texas. Not if you're not. a cowboy. Yeah. Not on a Friday. It's five o'clock somewhere, as we say. <laughs> right. And it's yours truly, Michael Wild, Mr. Splunk Ninja. I'm out of Austin, Texas. Splunk and Ninja. there is a good chance that I will be cooking ribs today so that everyone is uh, aware of it. Hey, hey, I saw a rib rack. I was thinking about maybe sending you. You can get five or six rib racks all in one shot. It's pretty cool. You mean in a fully wrapped package? Yeah, exactly. All on the grill at the same time. I might get that for you. Interesting. It but is. You gotta, but you got to send me some, though. I will. I will FedEx you the ribs. And, <laughs> you know, Father's Day is coming up uh, That's right. Sunday. So That's right. there is time. Okay. Let's do some questions and answers today, as we always do. Coolio. Anybody got anything interesting? Anybody have anything that's come in across the wire? Or, Jeff, anything come in on your fax machine this week? Yeah, here's a good question, Michael. How can I tell if an event has been tampered with between the time it was indexed and the time that I search for it? Go. Here, I'll take that one first. Um, yeah, so we have Splunk has the feature called event hashing. Uh, where it actually will, if you enable it, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's on by default, but if you enable it, you, it will, um, it can generate a hash into the event to make sure that it's unique. So the time that you search it, if it's been tampered with, uh, you know, off at, once it's indexed to disk and been uh, indexed, when you're searching it, if anyone's altered it at all, it will, it can detect it and can tell you. You can even have an icon display and show that it's valid or tampered or with a big skull and crossbones or something like that if you'd like as well. And that, the hash is kind of important because you do need to maintain good security policy on your Splunk server. Correct. So a limited amount of people can log in. And right. Permissions are set on the directories that contain the Splunk data store. But if an administrator who has physical access to the machine logs in and decides they're going to monkey around with it, there needs to be some protection in place even against 
you could say a malicious administrator and the hashing feature seems to seems to give us that right uh jeff i think so yeah yeah, yeah, you can even whitelist and blacklist specific thing, events too. If if only a subset of the data, because you t- you could be indexing a lot of different events, but only certain ones you need to apply the security to or the hashing to, and the other ones you may not care about. So you can actually target it as well, like that. Yeah, something to be aware of. Uh, you know, check out the docs. Just Google um, or go to Splunk's docs and look for event hashing. Event hashing, you can, as Maverick was saying, you can do it on every single event. You could also do it on a whitelist or blacklist of events. So it will mean that every single event that's going through the Splunk server, it's going to calculate a hash, which will require some processing power and, you know, will add some extra overhead to it. But that's the trade off, though, too. Yeah, that's the trade off. Yeah, that's totally acceptable. What about you, Michael? You got any questions? Anybody send anything to you? No, no, no. You didn't get any? Come Nothing on, over the facts on Splunk, Splunk talk at or Splunk at talk at Splunk.com. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, it turns out that someone left a, a small kitten outside my front door. And aside from having a little tag on the kitten that said, LOL, it had a, it had a note uh, attached to it. Did it have a cheeseburger? <laughs> You know, I fed it cheeseburgers. It had this look, and and then it said I can has. But anyway, it had a note with a question on it too. Yeah. Then the other side of the of the uh, of the note said, addressed to Splunk Talk at Splunk.com. It said, within a specific directory on my server, I would like to know when any of the files are changed. How can I configure Splunk to detect when a file is added? updated or deleted now i'm gonna go ahead and assume that little kitty was wondering about config files so what what do we got what do we got for for uh, little kitty okay so i'll go first and i'll say that um i get this question a lot actually um by, there's a couple by ways. cats yeah, well not from <laughs> cats actually maybe dogs maybe a snake you know um a dove, a dove by the a way i had a rattlesnake this week, I don't know if I told you that. Anyway, you should John, get a katana and kill it. I will. I digress. Go. You totally, you totally cool. No, uh, you, there's a couple ways. So, so one way, uh, if you wanted to do it yourself, you could write a script to look at directory listings, and then you could get that every, you know, have Splunk get that every few seconds, and then be able to do diffs on there and see if files are changing that way. You could kind of custom do it that way. And by default, if you just point Splunk to a directory and it's going to tail all the files, essentially getting the contents of them. It, by default, it's detecting if something's, you know, being at, you know, if it's a log file, um, it's obviously obviously seeing that there's something at, appended to the end. But if it's a config file, it can look at the modified date, for example, and be able to see that the modified date changed on it. And um, so that's that's a couple ways there. Yeah, there's there's another way, and if we're talking strictly about config files, it might not make sense to tail the file the same way we tail uh, log files, which have events coming in them much sure. probably more readily than than you would see changes to config files. There's a there's a mechanism in in Splunk called FS Change Monitor, which you can configure in inputs.conf to monitor any changes to any of the file handles on a file system. So just what, just what Michael's kitty was asking for, uh, any added files, deleted files, or, or any modifications to any files. Those will all get 
uh, timestamped and, and an event will get written into the into the index that describes uh, the properties around what what happened to that file system and the handle on it. So it's a it's an interesting way in it, uh, to to watch for changes on config files without having to to tail them the same way we do with logs. One of the things that I like about the FS change monitor technology that um, the engineers at Splunk built is you have a choice. You can say, just watch the files to see if anything has changed. Like, let's say I'm going to actually make a change to a config file. I want to verify the change was made. So Splunk's FS change monitor will uh, generate audit events. Additionally, it can be configured to index the file as well. So if you do want to see um, change one versus change two, uh, you can do that in Splunk. It's it's kind of a, a cool cool feature. Yeah, we give you, you lots can, of options. You can actually diff diff the results of those two if you're if you're Splunking them. How do you that, how do you do cool. how do you diff in Splunk? You pipe through diff, and that's your it. Search. That's Excellent. It. See, lots of options. We give you lots of ways to monitor and kind of manage your. Your whole situational awareness of files on disk. That's pretty cool. Bonus feature about FS change. It's free. It's Woo-hoo. it's totally free. For now. Yeah, for now. Uh, since Once Splunk, it catches on, yeah. I mean, it's all over. Since Splunk prices its product based on the amount of data that you index a day, there really aren't that going to be massive amount of configuration file changes. So if you're considering a multi-million dollar file system change uh technology um why not just use one that's awesome and free excellent i know because it was a question that the kitty asked so i have question. a I, I have a question no it not arrived by co- what do you mean <laughs> no. no no why not no why, why can't isn't I it time for a commercial break <laughs> time oh, for no. a total it's time for a sponsored commercial break all right all right so this week, we have uh, another reminder about Splunk's Worldwide User Conference. And, you know, the reason why I like to talk a little bit about it is we've, we've got some events that happen during the year. We've got Splunk Live, where you can come out and meet customers local and probably have some good lunch. We have some user groups. I think you're doing one in St. Louis, Jeff, coming St. up? St. Louis, yeah, in July. Where's, where are you guys doing your user conference? We were trying to get it hosted by one of our customers, so I will reserve telling you where until we've got that locked down. Awesome. If you could take all the user conferences, or excuse me, all the user groups that folks are doing and communities that are being building and kind of put them in one place, in one big cauldron of of geeks, (laughs) that might might be what... Splunk's very first worldwide user conference would be like. We call it .conf 2010. It's a little plan or configuration files. And hopefully... Uh, I get it. Pretty cool. Ten years from now, you can uh, speak nostalgically about the first Splunk user conference and how awesome it was. But we're hoping that folks come out to San Francisco on August 9th through 11th. There's some resources on Splunk.com on requesting... Uh, permission from your management, helping you plan that out, figuring out how much it's going to cost. I know they got some discounts going on right now. But there is a lot to learn. People from Splunk, us, Maverick Guy and Jeff are going to be doing some courses. 
Uh, we got developers that write the product. We got customers that have been doing some interesting stuff. If you want to know about what's going on with Splunk and you want to learn a lot, because that's what we want to, you to get out of this, come to Splunk's user conference. It's in San Francisco at the Palace Hotel, August 9th through 11th. This cool. year, it's like, when is that? Two months from now? Something like couple that? A couple months. Yep. A couple yeah, months. I guess I better block that off on my calendar. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm personally looking forward to it. I want to meet more people around the world that are using Splunk and show them some cool stuff and learn from them. So hopefully you sign up and again, hit Splunk.com. There's, there's a big giant graphic somewhere and there's a couple of cool videos that, that uh, people have been doing up on our video section about the user conference. And there's rumors I might do a, a Splunk rap during the uh, conference too. So we'll see about that. I hope so. I, come out I and find out if it's rumor. true. Come yeah. out and find. Well, come out and start the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's called a rumor. Rumor has it there will be no rumors about Maverick rapping. Oh, there or will there? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, check that out. What else? What's else? What what's any small animals show up in your front door like an armadillo with taped messages on questions about Splunk Maverick? No, no, no. I don't have weird things like that happen. Do to you me. question a not related to Splunk? Do you have armadillos in Dallas? Or I do, I do, but they're usually smashed alongside the road or in the middle of the road. How about scorpions? You got scorpions? Not really. Not as much as they do in Arizona, but okay. Um, no, I got a question from a user. He says he he sends in this into uh, Splunk Talk at Splunk.com. He says my advanced search string is extremely too long. How can I make it shorter and more manageable? I was like. That's a very good question. It is a good question. There's probably several different answers that you could go. I'll go with an obvious one, which would be uh, along the lines of making the search more manageable and obviously shorter, is using Splunk macros, uh, Splunk search language macros. So you can take portions of searches or actually uh, actual searches and uh, turn those into a macro. It'll be be executed in line with the rest of your search. Uh, you can check out macros.conf in your uh, Splunk home directory. And uh, that's a nice, concise way to, to do it. Michael, I'm sure, will have he's always got here. Yeah, he's yeah. always got options. Well, the cool yep. thing, you know, to Jeff's point, the cool thing I like about macros is, let's say I have a long search that, you know, might be uh, grabbing failed logins from... 10 different systems and then running through through some search commands to do some evaluation. Uh, if I write a macro for that and name it, I can just run the search and just say backtick name of macro backtick. That's really simple. And I can tell people just use that. Um, another thing, there's a couple of other ways to make searches shorter. Sometimes I've seen customers, you know, a, a Splunk administrator, someone's really good at Splunk writes a search. That maybe lets you look for, you know, users, for example, uh, and they don't want to, the person doesn't actually know how to use the search language. So what, you know, what can I do there? Um, Is there a way that I can make the whole data entry process easier uh, at all? Sure. You could use a form. Yeah. We use simple, simple or advanced uh, form searches, hide the the long searches inside there. So is that like the search search bar or you actually can 
make no, it's forms like an, and splunk. It's another view. It's like another view, but you're just going to build it from scratch, and you're going to make it like you could hide some of the dimensions and the vectors into a a, a drop, make a drop down, or make an area where they only type in the username. You say enter username here, and they it executes and it you know populates the search behind the scenes and actually brings back the the graphs or the search results. Um, you know, in, in a shortened form so they can manage, it's easy to manage for people that maybe they're not technical and, and may be intimidated by a long search as well. I mean, I think that's another good reason to, to use forms. Dimensions and vectors. <laughs> hey man, we're geeks. I would, I mean, sorry. it is, it is a great way to hide, um, what can be overwhelming to, a to a new user, all of the, various pieces of the search language or even even the results so if you if you're building a form view uh, a lot of the ones that i build uh, we reformat the results so you're not getting every element in every log result you're, you're just getting pieces of things that want to get displayed uh, for a user like a semi-flattening yeah and and if you go to splunkbase.com you can actually download uh for free again we're all about free um splunkbase.com go to go download ui examples and you can see all of these different ways to to put your searches in there and uh shorten them and manage them in forms like that yeah as a matter of fact a couple other things about uh on that question will uh will hayes he's one of our ninjas at here at splunk and he wrote this amazingly awesome app called Splunk for Cisco security. And it has, it's got a lot of great dashboards, but it has a couple of those cool forms in it. So you can kind of, if you don't know what you're looking for, you can, you know, fill out a form. It's, I sort of, when Jeff was talking, I sort of thought it was like a, you know, forms are sort of like, you know, in a, in a normal business application, not everybody's going to write SQL, although some people will. And then, you know, normal business users might want to just point and click their way to freedom. So. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Cool. Yep. Good. Again, good Good question. Good answers. Lots of options. We're all about options here at Splunk. It was a fabulous question. I think mostly because Maverick asked it. You know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because <laughs> so, well, I've, I've had all this beer already this morning. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So excellent questions and great answers. If you have feedback or would like to submit a question to be answered on air... You can send a note, an email uh, to SplunkTalk at Splunk.com. You can drop a kitty or an armadillo at my front door, or you can send a fax to uh, Jeff Blake if you'd like. Anyway. He loves the fax. We'll take it. You give it, we'll take it. (laughs) What is, what's going on this week? Is anything earth shattering or mind blowing happened that's worth talking about? Always. Probably. Yeah, really? What you Sure. What you got? Want me to go? I'll go. Uh, no. Go. No. <laughs> no. Go now. <laughs> What's going on, man? What what you what you got? Uh myself and uh several other Splunk engineers and sales types will be in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay on the 28th through the 1st of this month. Well, first of next month, but 28th of June through July 1st for Cisco Live. Cisco, one of our big partners, and uh, Will Hayes, aforementioned by Michael Wilde, will uh, will be showcasing our Cisco apps for security and for networking and a bunch of other pieces that uh, our partner Cisco is doing. So come by the Splunk booth, get a free Splunk T-shirt, talk to the smart guys, 
and uh, have fun in Vegas. Woohoo! Woohoo! I got some news. I'm uh, if you go to answers.splunk.com, you will notice if you go to the users tab that I am now 13th and the top 13 of people <laughs> co- contributing to and answering and commenting on questions and answers. I've accumulated eight badges so far. I have 46 questions in total that I've asked. And one of those questions is halfway to becoming a popular question, which I'm hoping. So you guys got to go. I need 500 more views to make it a popular question. So what do you think so, of that? I, I, it's very impressive, Maverick. I'm very right. impressed. Um, question. So you talk about this every week. I think if you're going to talk about that, you should tell us what you were last week and then tell us what you are this week. So we know uh, if you're, I can do if that. you're, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you want to, okay. In, flat, I, uh, in fact, could, could you, could you build a Splunk search that kind of tracks that? I already have. Okay. I, I already done that. I would have, um, you would have. Yeah. I just can't show you over the radio. And when we have the visual portion, maybe you can bring that up. But yes, I was 14th last, last week and I just Ooh, passed up. up uh, yeah. I, I think I passed up Justin. And now I'm in 13th, and I'm trying to catch up to Simon and um, Hula Hoop, which is V Lee, I think. Um, I think they're ahead of <laughs> no me, one will catch Gerald. Gerald is it, like no in one the will catch stratosphere. You're not supposed a, to tell the real names of people. That's like a HIPAA violation or something. Oh, Whatever. is it really? Okay. It's Hula Hoop. You don't know who that is. Hula Hoop. So that Will Hayes, we, that wasn't really real. <laughs> we don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you'll find me like on the third page. <laughs> from the I don't end. even know how many far down that is, but your third from last. Splunk is Answers are. is uh, Splunk Answers is is uh, kind of awesome. You should check it out. It, it is very awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it's it, you know when you file a support case to ask simple questions, you know you might have one or two people that are looking at it. Versus you post a question on answers and, you know, everybody gets it and you get a chance to, to get it answered really fast. And it's a multiple answers. It's a great yeah. pl- chances are, you know, you know, it's not like you can get access to our support database and see every question everyone asked our support team. But you can see every question that every user's asked and there's a good chance it's answered. It's somewhere. It's just fabulous. I, I can't say enough good things about it, but I, I'll stop. What about you, Wild? What is interesting um, or newsworthy with okay, you? Okay, so I'm thinking of doing an entire show just on Nimish Doshi. <laughs> hey, Nim- that's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> or, you is know, that- maybe it's called the Hour of Nimish. Hour so, of Nimish. <laughs> Nimish. Like Nimish. The secret of Nimish. You know, I wonder what... It, isn't that a movie? The, se- oh, <laughs> the Rats of Nimish. Oh! <laughs> so is, is Nimish even rated on here? Oh yeah, how's he? Do? Is he's got to be on the first page? You have to say Nimish because everyone. Is it Nimish? He, everyone, no, no, everyone mispronounces oh, it as Nimish. I don't know. And, he introduced me, and he he, he always gets a chuckle when they miss. I thought it, it was Nimish. Uh, That's even better. Nimish. So Nimish Doshi, he uh, he's he a very unique individual that uh, produces an incredible amount of cool stuff. Insanely smart, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nimish is a sales engineer here. He's out of the New York, New Jersey area, and he's a really good Java programmer as well. So if you look on SplunkBase.com... He owns it, basically. Yeah, he, <laughs> if SplunkBase gave rankings, he'd be at the top of that one. He'd be exactly, one. he'd be at the top of that. But he's done you know, apps that will uh, let you eat up weather into your Splunk server... 
um, all sorts of cool things like stock quotes and stuff. And there's two things that he came out with. This morning, he came out with this app that lets you ingest like internet radio information and then actually no play way. it within your Splunk server. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you need to be using a browser that supports HTML5 because it uses some of the technologies in there uh, so that it'll obviously work maybe on your phone or whatever. And um, on the blogs, I saw a blog post, maybe it was yesterday, that he did. And he came out with another app um, uh, that enhances his weather app that creates actual alerts based on uh, weather conditions. He's always he's doing all of these things that are like so not IT. But it shows you the versatility of our product that not only can solve a bunch of problems in IT, but you can almost use this thing as a portal for a whole lot of information. So, uh, like I said, we could do the hour of Nimish, but we're going to keep it to like a couple of minutes. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. I look forward to that. So he's got a blog up there. He, you've, you'll find him on the homepage uh, when he's up there on the blog. Or if you just go to blogs.splunk.com, he's one of the authors. He's wearing a suit, and he has fabulous hair like Maverick. I'm like me, so. Thank you. Nimish, <laughs> Nimish rocks. Maverick wears suits, too. I don't. I don't. I wear <laughs> flip-flops and cargo shorts and polo shirts because that's what the, the official dress of Austin is. is. Is your collar popped? That's the big question. Hold on. Boom. Do you hear that? Yes, I did. it is. I heard something. Yes. <laughs> oh. Well, what am I it's supposed about to time to wrap things up, isn't it? Hold on, we got one more part, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, don't worry, I'll cut that complete and utter <laughs> nonsense out. Yeah, because there was no other stuff like that. There was so. no other nonsense. <laughs> I just got off the page. It's pretty cool That's- though. Oh boy, anybody yeah. learn anything interesting this week other than the stuff in the news? Anybody? Sure. I did, but I'm not going to tell you. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I learned uh, I learned something I didn't know. Go. The smallest amount. Do you guys know what the smallest amount you can slice a like like when you buy a like a 1 gig or 10 gig license, you know what the smallest amount that you can uh that you can get down to? No. No, what is it? You can you can you can have Splunk support take your license and slice it up into 100 megabyte as low as 100 megabytes, and then you can have increments from there up to 900 megabytes, and then gig, two gig, three gig, you know, like that. That was kind of cool. <laughs> I did not know that. that. Is. Very good, very good. Well, along those same lines, I learned a lot about uh, index licensing this week, specifically in a highly distributed. So if you split your license across a number of servers, uh, so say you had a... 500 gigabyte license and you had five servers you split it evenly five servers with five 100 gigabyte licenses on it right it's it's a little bit of work to monitor your index so the the license manager will know when any one of those five goes over uh i didn't realize it's you don't learn about it until you've gone over your uh your sixth uh, violation so it doesn't right. get reported to the GUI. You kind of have to measure that yourself frequently. And what I helped a customer do this week was set up a bunch of searches that monitors it for them so that they don't find out about it when it's too late. 
Wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. Um, you know what I did? I did something cool last night at like 3 a.m. So I use the product like for stuff other than just working here at Splunk. And so really? the website that hosts this podcast uh, is at Splunk.tv. Not mm-hmm. .com, but HTTP Splunk.tv. And since the podcast has been up and... I've done some redesign of the website, um, made it a little bit more prettier and, and, and got the live stuff up there. I need to see who's subscribing, who's using it, how much data uh, we're pushing out with the podcast and really get some stats out of it. And of course, I'm not going to use something limited like AW stats or all of that. I could use Splunk. Well, the server that Splunk is uh, Splunk TV is running on, it's got a patchy server. It's running in Amazon's cloud. And it, I need it to be lean and mean lightweight. But I need the logs and the data. So what I basically did in this situation, I uh, installed a Splunk forwarder on there and told it to tail the log or monitor the log, the web log, and then stream it somewhere. All right. Except I didn't stream it right to an indexer. I have oh. another machine in my demo environment that takes and generates log data so I can show people what Splunk is like. And it's a forwarder as well. So I had that forwarder be sort of a, a receiver in a way. Like a proxy or something. Yeah, kind of like a proxy. Sometimes I call it an intermediate forwarder. So I'm taking the data from Splunk TV, streaming it over to this machine. That data is being combined with everything else that's being generated from that machine. And it's, then it's being streamed to an indexer. So it's kind of, you know, I use the product in a way that uh, a lot of customers will and try to do complex things that match my weird requirements. And I think it's just really kick ass that I can almost do whatever I want, even if people think it's nonsensical. So. You, you know, you know, we should call this episode of Splunk the options episode because that's all we've talked about is all the different ways. That's pretty cool. So just want to thank yeah. everyone for listening. I want to thank Jeff and Maverick for just being wonderful people in the world and participating on this educational session. We thank you as well. You're yeah. doing a great job. And you are. We'd You're really, a nice host. I try to be, um, you know, at least to start out. Later on, it might become contentious, contentious, but... We look forward to that. Yeah. As long as you get, as long as you get kittens on your doorstep, that's I all am, that counts. Yes, I'll sharpen my katana. But for the folks listening, please send an email <laughs> to splunktalk at splunk.com if you'd like to participate in the show. Um... At some point in time, we might even have some interviews and maybe even let some some people uh, participate as well. So, how about Nimish? You know, the, well, in the hour of Nimish, we'll probably actually feature Nimish. It's a good call, talk, and and I bet he'll talk about Splunk. Exactly. It's Father's Day this weekend, everyone. Have a great one and have a great one. check it out. Splunk.tv and Splunk.com. Yeah,